In the name of Jesus, amen. Our Lenten hymn that we've been singing the last week and we will continue to sing for the next five weeks is O Sacred Head Now Wounded. And in that hymn this evening, we sang these words, O make me thine forever. Those words are the prayer of the repentant Christian, especially during the season of Lent. It's a prayer to God asking that our baptisms might bear fruit. It's a prayer to God that we might not be found belonging to sin, to death, or to the power of the devil. It's a prayer to God that he would always be with us, to guard us, to defend us from all evil, to grant us eternal life. Make me thine forever. Because when we're Jesus' possession, when he is ours and we are his, we are safe. That's the idea of the introit, where we pray that God might be our refuge and our fortress, as we sang in our opening hymn, A mighty fortress is our God. When we are his, and he is ours, we're safe. Make us thine forever. Hide us in the shadow of your wings. Defend us in your strong fortress, O Lord. It's an important prayer. Because in this world, in this life, sin, death, and the devil are always seeking to catch us. They're prowling about like a roaring lion, seeking to devour us, to tear away our faith so that we might despair of our salvation, so that we might ignore God's word, so that we might love the things of this world more than we love the God who created this world. The attacks are constant. We don't feel safe in this world. We don't even know how to make it day by day. We are not immune to the poison darts of sin, death, and the devil. For as long as we live here, where rust and moth destroy. We are constantly under attack, called to apostasy by the news, by your friends, by your political party, by your ambition, by your love of your own self-importance, and by all the other voices of this world. They fill our minds and our ears and our hearts with lies. They speak this. Abandon your God because your sin is too great for him to forgive. There's no hope for you after what you have done. 
the devil, the world, and our sin tell us this. Abandon your God. Why should you think that you're a sinner? You know you're better than that other person sitting down the pew from you. You know you're better than those other people who live in your home. They've sinned more than you. God's got bigger fish to fry than you. You'll be fine. Sin, death, and the devil lie. Abandon your God. What sort of God would allow you to suffer in the way that you are? What kind of a God would allow you to get sick and suffer? Sin, death, and the devil lie to you. Abandon your God. He's just one among many. Abandon your God. He's politically incorrect. Abandon your God. Science has shown us a better way. Abandon your God. You were born the way you are. Embrace it. Abandon your God. We'll make a new world order that has no need for religion, that opiate of the masses. Just imagine how wonderful all the people will be. Abandon your God. Trust in yourself. Sin, death, and the devil attack you with these lies, with these flaming darts, with these fake words. Satan throw this, these things at you. You who are baptized are his target. And guess what? Your skin is not thick enough to withstand his flaming darts. Your ears cannot mute out his cries. You are not tough enough on your own for sin, death, and the devil's arrows to bounce off of you. They pierce deep. They cut. They wound. They kill. Sin kills. No matter what you do, no matter who you think you are, you cannot stop these attacks on your own. You are the target. Your faith is what he seeks to destroy. That's why we pray. Oh, Make me thine forever. Keep me safe. Guard me. Watch over me. You have only one hope, and that's to forsake yourself and heed the call of God 
the call of the introit to find your shelter in the Most High, to find shelter in the Lord, your refuge, to make him your mighty fortress, to be his possession forever to duck down underneath his care and compassion and mercy, to allow him to be your trusty shield and weapon, to rest in the comfort of his shadow while he stands up to face sin, death, and the devil for you. He's your shield. He's your fortress. He takes your beating, bruising, and attack. It is like we've seen in so many movies. In the movie Braveheart, William Wallace is ducking down under a shield as arrows are shot at his army. One strikes his shield and shudders to a stop inches from his face. The shield is pierced, but William Wallace is safe. Or in the Lord of the Rings series, the people of Rohan run away and hide in their fortress of Helm's Deep. And for hours and hours and hours, waves of orcs throw themselves against the wall, seeking to get in. In all the zombie movies, you see survivors huddled together in a locked down compound as zombies seek to tear down the fence and break down the door. And it's not just in movies, but in real life as well. The first battle of the Civil War, the shelling of Fort Sumter, where all night long shells were lobbed across the bay as soldiers were kept safe inside the walls. Perhaps even more gruesome at the Battle of Fredericksburg, when the 20th Maine regulars hid behind the bodies of their fallen comrades, listening all night long to the mini-balls striking their makeshift wall. In all these instances, the people are kept safe, hidden behind their shields and fortress. The fortress takes a beating, but the people are safe inside. The shield takes the sword blows, but the knight is kept safe. The castle door is beaten upon, but they cannot break through. The walls are battered, broken, pierced, collapsed, but still the garrison holds. That's the way it is for you. Satan flings his arrows, but you are in Christ. Satan attacks with all his might, but Jesus is your shield. The world beats upon you, but actually Jesus takes the blows. He is your fortress, your shield. He's the one you hide beneath standing in the shadow as he takes the blows aimed at your heart. 
And so it is that his sacred head is wounded, pierced by the crown of thorns, beaten into his brow. But you are kept clear of the battle. He keeps you safe within his care, for you are his forever. The arrows that should have found us and justly taken our lives have instead pierced his hands and feet as nails holding him to an old rugged cross where you should have been hung. But you're not. You are kept safe within his care. You are his forever. The spears of Satan flung at you have pierced his side, releasing water and blood, water that covered you in baptism, blood that you drink from the chalice from the altar as you also eat his body, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. The life of the church flows from the wounds of Jesus. He is battered, we are safe. We are his forever. He is wounded, and by those wounds we are healed. Jesus is our shield, our refuge, our mighty fortress. He takes the beating, we're kept safe, for we are his forever. And when the battle is over, there's no harm to you. You belong to God. You march forth victorious with the resurrected Christ's banners flowing over your head. You march into God's glorious kingdom saved by your Lord and Savior Jesus. Satan is vanquished. Death is destroyed. Sin taken from you forever. You are his forever. That's why we sing the words of the hymns we've sung today. God is our mighty fortress. Jesus keeps us safe. Oh, make us thine forever. And should I fainting be as the battle arises, Lord, let me never, never outlive my love for thee. Be thou my consolation, be my shield when I must die. We are safe. We are his forever. We shall not die, but we shall live. For Satan's fiery darts, his lies, his false words cannot hurt Jesus, and we are in him. In the name of Jesus, amen. And now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.